Hello, everybody. Live from the beach, it's the Ozone. It's been quite a while since we've been back on the mic, but I've been going through some health issues, folks. Tis the season for the big man to get his knees fixed. I went under the knife. It was a very interesting process. We'll cover that as well. I'm your host, Omar Miller, and I'm here with my brother from the same mother, Terry Miller. How you feeling? I feel better than you do. My knees are great. What a jerk. (laughs) Wow. Great. That's why I just stole his orange juice, ladies and gentlemen. I rode off in a deaf OJ, everybody. So we're back. We're live. We got a lot to cover. Big boxing matches this weekend uh, on ESPN, of all places. We got Lomachenko versus Rigandau. Very interesting uh, matchup. Kind of unprecedented, to be honest. Two gold medalists going at it. This is going to be a great matchup. Um, we have the NFL offering that hush money with the hush money. It's, it's actually provided a serious rift within the players and we don't know what the NFL is going to do. We don't know what the players are going to do, but we do know what Roger Goodell is going to do. He's going to fly around on his private jet, wherever he feel like, cause he just scored a massive extension. See how we both feel about that. Uh, we've got some news out of the Olympics, got some weddings, got some congratulations in order. But we want to start off on the hardwood, where I messed up my knees, ladies and gentlemen. I actually messed up my knees on the concrete outside, but the hardwood contributed as well. So at the beginning of the season, everybody wanted to talk about the Cleveland Cavaliers and how they were struggling, how LeBron had fallen off a little bit, which there was no evidence of that statistically whatsoever, and about how bad he was for losing Kyrie Irving and so on and so forth. Well, Lo and behold, they figured out how to gel, and the Cleveland Cavaliers are looking like maybe the best team in basketball. They're Magellan. They are Magellan, despite the fact that a heckler decided to heckle LeBron James from courtside seats a couple nights ago. Doesn't work. It didn't work out well for him because LeBron gave him the ultimate shutdown, and it got picked up by every major news source because the guy was heckling him about losing D-Rose, about losing the finals, about losing his hairline. And he thought he was feeling good. He was jazzy. You couldn't really hear what LeBron was saying. He was trying to keep it quiet, kind of classy. And then eventually he broke down. What can you do? He's only a man. He's only a man. What can you do? He's a mere mortal. Yeah. And he basically put your man back in check. He put him in check. He said, hey, man, I I really hope that's not your girl next to you because she's filming me, not you. (laughs) Not you. And that was the end of the video. (laughs) Possibly the end of that man's life. Turn it off. Could have been the end of the, the marriage. Um, But seriously, you know, LeBron James is putting up some outrageous numbers. Right now, he has the most points, the most fourth quarter points out of anybody in the league by far, by leaps and bounds. Is he leading the league? He led the league. Now, what I want to know is, at what point did LeBron James turn into a killer? Because he's turned the corner. 100% he's turned the corner. I think it's been amplified because Kyrie is not there anymore. So now he's like, he's going to show Kyrie. And everybody who ever steps up to him, he shows them. I am the best. I'm the best. Believe the the rumors. Yeah, believe it. Have you seen my workout video? It's real. (laughs) It's real. And I'm going back to the finals. Again. Going back to the finals. And after that, I'm going to go work out. (laughs) Again. (laughs) I stay in the gym. He stays in the gym. That guy is just. It'll be a great match watching them in Boston go at it. But unfortunately, with LeBron James, who can you take against him? Well, I don't know. I mean, you can take the Western teams, which have been successful against them five or six times in the finals. But the issue is, is there seems to always be enough to get through the East. But when it comes to the West, you have to have that perfect, 
perfect blend of 32 herbs and spices. <laughs> I don't think you need the perfect blend. I think you just need a little help. Yeah, I agree. And well, we'll see what happens when IT comes back because when Isaiah and he's Thomas working comes his way back, back because they, he's playing the four on four. He's been playing four on four for the past few days, and I believe that that's going to make a world of difference. And it's unbelievable that you can make that kind of difference after they won like 13, 14 in a row now. Yeah, exactly. And it's just going to be. I'm sure they'll do the same thing that all the teams do. They'll fall off a little bit. They'll, you know what I mean? There'll be a, a period, an adjustment period to figure out where IT gets his shots and how that fits in with everybody. Yeah, look at D-Wade, man. He's showing out. Come on, man. Stone cold winter. Yeah. Wade County, baby. I'm telling you, this guy, he's and, – and he really is – they really are a dynamic duo. And at various points, he's Batman. At various points, he's Robin. And I think that they've done a really good job at figuring that out through their friendship. Right. I really do. Um, but – I don't know. The Cavs look pretty serious. The OKC experiment is still trying to find its way. It won't work. I had called it from the beginning of the year. They just, they just lost. I can see it. They just lost the uh, two. Who was it the other night? Brooklyn? Something? Something that's up. They played Brooklyn last night. Did they lose that game? Yeah. No. Yeah, they did. They're terrible. Oh, I don't know. I didn't. I need to see that. But what game that I did watch that I enjoyed watching consistently, I wish these teams played 20 times a year, is the Los Angeles Lakers and the Philadelphia 76ers. Those youngsters going at it. I mean, that first matchup, the process put up 47, and I, he came and clowned in the Staples Center, which was great. And LeVar Ball and Lonzo look suspect in the first game. But last night, the Empire struck back, and, you know, they made that trade. And now they got rid of, you know, when we very first, when we started the Ozone, the subject of that trade had gotten into a fist fight outside of the club. Well, it wasn't a trade, though. Jaleel Okafor just got drafted. No, 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 I'm saying, but the sub, now he's the Jaleel oh, yeah. Okafor just got oh, traded. Yeah, yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? He had gotten into that fight when somebody decided to test the giant professional athlete and he beat him up. And he put him in check. And he <laughs> And not in the nice LeBron way, in the physical way that or a chess match. <laughs> no, it was a it was a man on man match, and it's interesting because Jalil Okafor I think has a lot to offer. I do too, and I don't know why the leagues went sour on him. I don't. This is what I'm saying. You know, everybody's saying he's a casualty of the process, which is interesting because basketball is so designed around the big fella. Right. And it's not that Jalil Okafor is not a big fella. But it's designed around well, he is a alpha, fella, alpha male. That's yeah. what I just said. It's not that he's not a big fella. Oh, I thought you said he. It, it, it's, it's designed around the ultimate alpha male. And at this point, that's the 7-2 guy in the middle of the court mm-hmm. that's letting everybody know that it's his team. Right. And I don't know if they I just take Ben Simmons over him. You would put Ben Simmons over? I would take Ben Simmons over um, Embiid. Yeah, I mean, you could say you could take Russell Westbrook over him, but that's not a fair comparison. We're talking that. about we're talking about apples and apples, and saying that you'll take the point guard over the center isn't. I don't know what that does, but well, because we're talking about big men, and at this point, most of the time, I do lean towards the big men, but I like Ben Simmons. That's because, cool, but Ben Simmons isn't isn't the big man. There's no there's not a there's not a competition between them. Ben right. Simmons needs Joel Embiid, and Joel Embiid needs Ben Simmons. Apparently, nobody needed Jaleel Okafor, and that's how he ended up packing his bags. Well, I think that they actually needed because they had three big men. Didn't they have Noel Noel? And and this is the part that I don't understand about what the 76ers are doing. When you watch the game, you can see that they almost have it figured out. They're they're a very they're a good team, and they've lost on buzzer beaters maybe more than any other team this season. They've lost some. I think six or seven buzzer beaters. And last night, Brandon Ingram, who you talked about turning the corner, Mm -hmm. looked like he did exactly that on a great pass from Lonzo Ball. Yeah, after Lonzo had taken that ill, (laughs) terrible shot. (laughs) Ill-advised broke jumper. Mm -hmm. And he puts up the jumper. 
it's broke. The next time around, he gets the ball back. On and the steal. The, and the defender acts as though he thought his jumper was wet for right. some reason. I'm playing you to go to the rim. I'm playing you to go to the rim because we both know your jumper's broke. And you don't want it. And you don't believe. <laughs> Instead, he let him go to the rim, and he kicks out to Ingram. Ingram hits the shot. Now, what may be the most interesting part about that is, is what happened after the after the game the 76ers lose, and there was a meeting of the minds, if you will, that happened backstage. There's been a LeVar Ball sighting, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> YK. And the thing that I want to know is, is because I see a lot of people dragging Joel Embiid because he put up a picture with him after the game. That that meeting took place in the tunnel, and LeVar Ball had positive things to say. And it seems as though when you get him closer on the one-on-one without the cameras on, he seems like a genuine, you know, positive guy. Which which guy are you speaking of? I'm talking about uh I'm talking about LeVar Ball. Mm. Uh, when the when the when the show isn't on, if you will. Right. Um Joel Embiid seems like a fun guy all the time, but he also seems like a twenty something, so it is right. what it is. And several times he's he's been openly critical of LeVar Ball. Yeah. And of an aggressive nature. Of, <laughs> of, a, of, of an explicit nature. Yes. And so it's kinda interesting to see them there and the Philly fans didn't appreciate it. And one of the things I want to talk to you about is why do you think the game is so much more important to the fans than it is to the players oftentimes? Because the, because the players are getting paid and the fans, actually, this is a getaway from them mentally, you know. So they have a vested interest. A lot of them is due to fantasy, you know. They're literally <laughs> they're, they're fantasy yeah, sports teams. They're fantasy sports team and players. So they're caught up in the moment. And a lot of these guys are family. You know, it's a traditional thing where they've been raised a Sixer fan or a Laker fan, and it rolls over. You know, you can't just let it go because your father was a Laker fan, your grandfather was a Laker fan. We bought jerseys. We used to be able to afford seats, but we can't anymore, so we'll look at it on television and cheer. And if we do get to go to that one game, then we show out, you know. And then the fans and the players go back there and they all, hey, what's up, dude? Hey, good, great game. I'm looking I want at, you to be mad. And, like Larry Bird and them used to be. And see, and this is the thing. I'm looking at the, the Twitter feed. Oh, come on, process. What is this, man? We lost the game. Be upset. You're talking to LeVar Ball? Sell out. Weak sauce. I'm, I mean, he, they were smashing him online. Yeah, it's, it's sort of hard to swallow, though, if you see that. Because back in the day, you know, you were enemies. You would never see Magic Johnson and Larry Bird hanging out unless it was at the Olympics. Unless it was at the Olympics. You're not going to see Mary. Which uh, was after, Mike, yeah, the, after the everything. had already kind of yeah, been determined. Not Michael Jordan. You didn't see Michael Jordan hanging out with Isaiah Thomas? It's a serious, it's a, it's a real generation gap. It's another yeah. example, a microcosm in society of how things are changing and have changed. Right. And these guys still aren't over it a lot of times. You know, Michael Jordan and Isaiah Thomas, are they friends really? They're not really friends. <laughs> well, believe. those two aren't friends. Yeah, those two are but see, that's, what, that's how serious it is. It was back then. They don't, yeah. they don't just let it go. We were rivals, and I think that we'll take it personal. If we have to, we can ring. <laughs> if they could, yeah, give them that Jimmy Kimmel. Come on, man. Yeah, and so now 
Along with that, what do you, what's your take on the latest Ball family drama? Now, now he, Which part? He's, he's preemptively pulled out LiAngelo from UCLA, but he's saying that has nothing to do with LaMelo because LaMelo's still supposed to be going to UCLA. No, LaMelo can't go to He's been, that's dead. It. That's now dead that's dead. It. Oh, my information is, is old. No. Yeah, your information is old because they got an agent. Both of them. Both of them got an agent. I thought yeah, I thought just LiAngelo both, got no, an agent to go play overseas. Agent, and they're both going to play overseas. And I don't know how he thinks that that's going to increase their value, but somebody's putting something in his ear to make him think that he's going to be able to go, you know, via the NBA, via, you know, overseas, overseas. wherever they are going. Self-destruction. I mean, yeah, I just don't understand. Self-destruction. And he's going to give the people what you got to give the people. <laughs> Man. Because what he's doing is that I feel like more important than anything is negating education. Yeah, if you can get them an education, what if you blow out your knee? Tell me about it. Yeah, what if you blow out your ankle? What if you just blow out anything? What if somebody <laughs> just doesn't want you? Exactly. What if you just blow a major fart and you just yeah. blow out the room? And you the still need said, to, dude, that smells funky. <laughs> you still need to be educated. And wow, I, wow, I didn't know both of them got yeah, an agent. Both of them, are, they're with the same agent, I guess. I don't know who the agent is, but they're both with the same agent, and this agent is actually taking them overseas. He says that he doesn't know what team's been inquiring about them, but they, I guess they're both going to probably play on the same team. So then they're NCAA ineligible now. Yes. And so now, LiAngelo's a senior now, or he's a, he's a junior now? He's a junior, I do believe. I think he's uh, in the – no, I think he's in the 10th grade. He may be a sophomore. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, I thought he was at least a junior. No. Yeah, this is a serious – this is – this is I, I'm with you. I'm with you. There, there's uh, – this is where pride is getting in front of everything. I agree. And because it's, because it's going to actually, I, I was down with a lot of what he was doing before. Me too. I can understand the promotion of his kids and being proud of his kids. But you have to get real and say, you know what? It's more important for my kids to get an education than it is for me to be seen. And step back and let them get what they need. Well, to me, I thought the whole thing was a gimmick and it worked. You know, it helped to get Lonzo where they wanted to position him in the big market. Uh, and he's, you know, he's performing somewhat. He's, like I said before, he's close to averaging the triple dub. So I can't really be mad at him. He's in a more traditional point guard world. If it wasn't for the world of the Kyrie Irvings, the ITs and the Russell Westbrooks, his numbers would be a lot more celebrated, you know? Yeah, you, well, he's low tier now in, in, the, in the world of point guards. Because, yeah, because they score. Yeah, they, because Those point guards score. And they shoot their, and they hit free throws. And then they, when you have their fathers sitting in the background trying to chew out the, the head the coach, coach is yeah. not going to work. And this is my thing. I felt like what he was doing was a ploy, and it worked. And now Lonzo's holding up his end of the bargain, which, as we know from dealing with professional athletes, how that opens up the door to other people in your family actually becoming right. professional athletes. Exactly. Unfortunately, that's no longer the... But look how one mistake can affect your whole family. Now, You the... know what? But see, this is the thing. One mistake that's compounded. Yes. And the, the father compounded the issue. That's what I mean. The mistake was the theft. Yeah, yeah the, the mistake let's, was the let's, shoplifting. Let's just get that off the top because I feel like that keeps getting glossed over like it's not a big deal yeah, that and, the kid was shoplifting. And the way that he played it was, to myself, I didn't feel like it was the right way to play it because he made it seem like the um, the actual shoplifting wasn't that important. Oh, it's a simple mistake. Well, guess what? It's amplified because you hurt the nation, you embarrassed the school, you embarrassed uh, your family, and you embarrassed a culture, a whole culture, because you know you go out there in the 
the world and people are assuming you to do something negative because you're a person, because you're a person of color. And so these are the, and these are the images. Yeah, side, the, remember where you are. These are the images that get broadcast out. The the these the stereotypes. The stereotypes that get broadcast out to a lot of these other countries. Right. And then you go and you get caught up in something like that and the father plays it off like it's not that serious. Well, it is that serious because in in the grand scheme of things, especially in other countries, you can actually be on a a work camp, a serious one. You know, you can be buried in another country doing the wrong thing like that. They wanted to act like it was nothing big. I felt like the school probably did the right thing, and I felt like the father was doing a preemptive strike so that he could get the kid out of school before they actually expelled him or let him go because it would be hard to bring him back standing for UCLA after shoplifting. I don't know how many players that they've done that for in the past. And I wonder what they're going to do with the other two guys. Is there any word yet? Are they still just serving out their suspension? Right now, they're suspended indefinitely. They're suspended, but they haven't lost their scholarships yet. Not as far as I know. I would imagine that that hurts all three of them with with LiAngelo leaving. Yeah, Is no that, question. You know what I mean? Because he was the most profile of the guys. And it, it's I'm with you. I mean, that that's apparent right there that you guys just heard from preaching folks. Yeah. And that's why he feels that way. And I agree. And I think that I think that LeVar dropped the ball. Uh, no pun intended. And and I also think that LeVar needs to stop playing games with the racial the racial stereotypes because he did something at the White House, right? Yeah. They said that they asked him if, you know, if he would go to visit the White House. And he responded with some buffoonery about not if Donald Trump is cooking because if they need some some chicken and waffles, some Roscoe's, I'm there. I can't use a shuck and jive. I don't need a shuck and jive package. There's no place for it in my program. I mean, come on, man. You're already there. This is my point. You're yes. already there. You're what like, are we doing? You guys like are the, already there. You're like the hot Cheeto. You won the election and now you keep talking about the, the race. I mean, you just can't, you just can't <laughs> believe you, it. You've won. You have your son there positioned and now you need to focus and, on and getting your other son's yeah, position to win too. Now they're not. You're taking him out of the position in some kind of weird self-destructive quality. Yes. Even though I am constantly commending the qualities of a father that he had to get them to this point. Exactly. And you know, I mean, just like everybody else in life, we all have to figure out what our strong suits are and what our weaknesses are to a certain degree. I'm sure he would argue, Hey, but you guys are still talking about me. So there's a win. You're talking about my boy. So there's a win, but there's more but to yeah. it than just what you can attain folks is, you know what I mean? There's a, there's a way to do things. And it's not just about talking about someone. If you're speaking about someone, you want to be spoken about in a positive manner, not just spoken about as now this is all negative. This is a lot of negativity that's going on and you don't need that. There's enough already out there. I agree. I agree. Well, the Clippers have proven to be the Clippers, and Blake Griffin's injury came about six months sooner than it usually <laughs> comes, because it usually comes right at the beginning of the playoffs. But he has he usually he's got some time two two a year, <laughs> and I mean it really doesn't matter. Clippers weren't going anywhere anyway. They weren't, and and Blake was going to the club. So what can you do? Right. But uh, you know, I'm glad that I've I've abandoned. I've officially jumped ship from the Clippers. I'm no longer there. And you I jumped gave, freight. I jumped freight. It was my stop. I gave up the uh, season seats and just that lack of heart, really tough. I think you may get your wish, your wish. I think you may get your wish because I got a feeling that uh, Doc Rivers may be on the way out in general. This is it's long overdue. This hasn't worked out the way that anybody wanted it to. And they're all talking about, oh, you know, if he gets out of there, he'll have a job in the next 10 minutes. Why? <laughs> why he can't? <laughs> because he hasn't won. That's why he can't. <laughs> That's you only have to win once. You only have to win once, my friend. And speaking of winning once, we want to move on. We want to talk boxing this weekend. It's going down. Vasil Lomachenko, Rigandau, tomorrow on ESPN. Ladies and gentlemen, you guys got to tune in. This is a big fight. This fight is kind of unprecedented in the matchups. You got two Olympic gold medalists. You got 
two guys that have one loss on their record for kind of random reasons. Lomachenko's loss was legit. That guy beat him up. But you got guys who have a collective 800 amateur fights to right. underneath their belt. There's not going to be a lot that either one of these guys can throw at the other guy that they haven't seen before. Right. Now, what I will say is, is even though there's all that experience, I hate to say this, but I feel like size is going to matter. Lomachenko has a size. That's what I mean. Yeah. And 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 I just watched him in this final weigh-in. He's notably bigger than Rigandau. He is. I mean, like way bigger. And Rigandau's a really, really good fighter. Loma Jr. looks like a welterweight right now, right? Right. Yeah. I saw him. And, you know, I, I still think he's going to lose. I mean, because I feel like he's literally overrated. He hasn't had enough fights. I know he's fought a lot of amateur fights, but that's like saying that I had 10,000 at-bats in double-A and didn't get to the show. You know, it's, it's a different <laughs> ball game. So when you go down, when you get into the big arena and this guy's fought just as much as you have, I, I, more. Yeah, more. I feel like he's battle-tested. I feel like he's going to be up for the task, and Lomachenko really isn't a proven product. He doesn't even have 20 fights. He doesn't have 20 fights. He's got 10 fights, of which one of them he lost and like yes. was soundly beaten. It wasn't a— And I'm sure know. they looked at that tape. Oh, I'm sure. And that kid, Rigandau, is—he he can adjust. That's and, the thing. It's hard to hit, and he hits hard. And he hits hard. And I feel like one of the things is that even though Lomachenko has the size, it's about the heart at this point. And I, don't, I haven't seen him with the heart to overcome, you know— Adversity like that. And it's hard to say whether the fights have just been easy or... He's outclassed him or, by that much. It's hard to say. And to a certain degree, I mean, he beat up Ashley Walters pretty bad. And Ashley Walters was a good fighter. So when I saw him fight Ashley Walters, I was like, wow, he's, he's a real deal. But then in the fight when he needed to turn it on, he couldn't turn it on. We got to call it once a weigh in on the situation. Ellie Sekback, live on the Ozone. What's going down? Let me guess. You're ringside at a fight right now. Two different gyms, so not far off. But yeah, <laughs> Ooh. some fighters that are going to fight for a team for world title, so we're good. Wow. So what do you got this weekend? You got any inside information for us? I mean, we want to start off with the. Let, let's start off with one fight before the Rigandau Lomachenko fight. The man who beat Lomachenko is fighting this weekend. Are you going to that fight? Or are you going to the Rigandau fight? I I am going to that. I mean. I wish they would all be. I wish boxing could get along and everybody could be on the same page. And wouldn't it be amazing if all these promoters worked together and would have all these fights on one card? Wow, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. But it would almost reality, be as good as if they had yeah, uh, health benefits after they got done boxing. <laughs> that would be great too. I mean, um, just like NBA players, NFL players, hockey players, everyone has a union. Fighters should get together and have one, and not you know. But everyone looks out for themselves. Who can make the most money? So I understand that. But, yes, I'm going to be at the Salido card. He's fighting. I'm going to be Tevin Farmer's fighting. He's a great story. He's what's boxing all about. That's why we love boxing, because people like Tevin Farmer. 100%. Now, Tevin Farmer is a young brother that got shot recently, right? He got shot earlier this summer or something like that. I've seen him. I follow him on social media. He really goes hard after Javante Davis. You sound like you're opening a whole pack of now-laters right now. I rented a car because I've been driving pretty far, so I just had to relocate. Sorry for all the noise, but no, no, <laughs> we're not opening up anything. We're, we're hitting the road. But uh, is it better now? Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. Don't even worry about it. Okay, I'm just no, teasing you, man. My, fo- my phone was on a little battery. Just uh, living with the social media, every time my phone's always, you know, about to, like, die. So we're good now. We're plugged in. Sorry for all that. We'll start again. So Tevin Farmer, in July, he was at a house party in Philly at his mom's house. And I guess someone uninvited showed up, and before you knew it, they pulled out a gun. So he jumped in front of the guy with the gun to stop him. And there were a bunch of kids there. So in the process, 
um, a bullet shot him in the hand, and he's a boxer. So oh. went in one, in, in the palm, out from the wrist. And it could have shattered a bunch of bones, but it didn't. It went through the bones. It's divine. Nice. Yeah. So he's very for Now, when you have any kind of injury, let alone a bullet going through you, to fight for a world title five months later is incredible. Yeah. So hopefully he does great. He moves like a cat. I've seen him many times. He has cat-like instincts, the way he moves in the ring. And uh, a lot of people say he reminds him of Pernell Whitaker, but... That's a very interesting guy. And if he wins, look, he's a guy that initially started his career 7-4. and four. Everyone gave up on him because in boxing, after two losses, three losses, four losses, you're done. That's it. You're a nobody. You're, you're a journeyman from that point on. So no one invested in him, put himself together, and now he's on his 20th win in a row. So very inspirational. That's a very interesting story. Now, he and Gervonta have had beef for a very long time. It's not new. He's actually fighting for the belt that Gervonta lost on the scales, never lost in a ring, but just didn't make yeah. the last fight, and the main with the McGregor on the card. So it'll be interesting uh, if they do fight, but we don't know if that ever happens because, again, promoter issues and HBO, Javante fights on Showtime, and HBO needs some new blood, some new stars. So we'll see what happens with that. Now, if, let's swing to the other coast. That's in Vegas, Mandalay Bay. Um, Lomachenko, Regal now in the face-off today, I'm not joking. Regal now reached his eyes. We're looking at Lomachenko's nose. We haven't seen such a disparity in height in a very long time. And it's not like Lomachenko is like a Klitschko that's going to stand in front of you. His footwork is phenomenal. The best footwork in boxing. So that's going to be very interesting how that goes down. And that's on ESPN, by the way. Lomachenko used to fight on HBO. Right. And now one thing that I think is very interesting about it is Lomachenko came out right after he made the fight and one said, yeah, I'm willing to fight Rigondeaux. I'm willing to fight anybody. And then he also said, I'm in a lose-lose position and everybody should respect that. If I win, I beat up on the little guy. If I lose, I never was nothing in the first place. So what do I do? Yeah, that's true. But he's at the point, look, Rigondeaux talked his way into this fight and I give him credit because he was talking so much smack. He was clowning. He was trying and he got it done. He got it done. Some he got it done. He's playing the nice guy now. Now he's playing the gentleman. When I see him on, on uh, social media, he's really, really, you know, he's, I don't know who runs his social media, but it's very poignant because the stuff that he says about the best fighting the best, not being scared, being up to the challenge, bringing your best, blah, blah, blah. It's really positive. It's, it's the kind of stuff you'd like to see more in boxing. Now, I don't know if that's going to bode well in the ring, but he puts on a very confident front. Yeah, but from a psychological standpoint, we like the bad guy. If you talk smack the whole time, don't change your tune a week at a fight. It doesn't look good. If you change it after the fight, be a professional. Yes, we're respectful. I respect him. He's a champion. A little, a little surprised that he's taking this tone so close to the fight. But you know, maybe he's just being respectful. And I know the guy who runs the social media. His name is Willie. Very nice guy from Cuba. Served in the armed forces. Has a very good business. He's a good person. He loves Cuban fighters. Um, they don't have a lot of fans, Cuban fighters, but five of them make noise like 50,000. Right. <laughs> They're very, very active in social media. And, and props to them. You know, like they come from very, very rough backgrounds. Not that other fighters don't, but... Yeah, yeah, but third world rough is different than first world rough. Right. We all exactly. understand so that. All relative. Look, here, if you don't have money, let's be honest, and you want a pair of shoes, you could go to Payless. True? Or, yep. I'm sorry, I don't know, any store that doesn't is not expensive. I was in the Olympics 2012. The Cuban team had shoes that they don't even sell here. Like, I don't want to say any name brand stores. I don't want to offend anybody. But think of the cheapest store you could ever shop at. And I was like, these are the Olympic team, and their uniforms were recycled from maybe 20, 30 years ago. Wow. So you're talking about poverty at the highest level. Like boxing gyms over there, 
They don't have gloves. They use socks. They share gloves. It, it's just craziness. I mean, they have tires because they can't afford a heavy bag. Very, very rough. And then the guy wins gold medals. Fidel Castro comes to his house and takes his medal. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And he escaped from Cuba twice, got caught in uh, South America, shipped back, got punished. That crazy story. So, look, he's, Lomachenko said, he said, he told me last week, he's fighting me. It's a payday for him. I'm going to beat him. He's confident. But then again, Rigo now, he's hungry. So it's interesting to see two-time gold medalist, two-time gold medalist. It could be a very technical, boring fight. They might yeah. stand in front of each other. Like, you know, before you hit the play in a video game, they're just kind of <laughs> like, like stand in a spot just waiting who's going to blink first. Yeah. Or if they exchange, I think, I think, look, I think we haven't seen Lomachenko's power. This may be the fight where we see him actually use it and stop someone. Wow. Wow, I'd, I'd be is, amazed is that if a prediction. Brigandau gets stopped. Yeah, is that a prediction? Yeah, you, usually, you usually play it right down the middle. That sounded pretty bold. You sound like you're really Team Vasil. No, I'm, I'm cool with both of them. I have a great rapport with both of them, but I, I'm just looking at it like here you have a, you know, I don't know. To me, it just looks like Lomachenko is like the superstar. He's more comfortable. There's no struggle. You know what I mean? Like everything's working like a clock, like a Swiss clock in camp as well. I haven't been in Loma, uh, Lomachenko's camp. I mean, I've been with Lomachenko in camp. I haven't seen Rigondeaux's camp. So we'll see on the fight. They both are very high-level professional. They're both going to make maid weight, obviously. They're both ripped. They're both strong. But one guy fights at 122, and one guy could fight at 135, 140. He could fight at 140. Lomachenko should fight at 140, to be honest. That's why he's running into all these problems of people trying to find people to fight. Now, tell me this. Did you, by any chance, uh, go to the International Hall of Fame to see Winky Wright, Eric Morales, and Vitaly Klitschko uh, get nominated? Are you going to wait to the actual induction ceremony? <laughs> for June. It's usually the week of June 5th or June summer 13th. Somewhere down, I'll wait for the original. Winky Wright, some people say the best southpaw ever. Some people even told me the best fighter ever. Uh, Klitschko, no argument. Um, sometimes I have issues with the Hall of Fame because it's reporters voting and everybody's so biased and who, who the hell knows how they voted, what they voted. If you saw the names from uh, this year, there were at least 20 names that should be in there and they only picked five. So, really? Wow. Yeah. Why don't you pull uh, one out? I posted it but it had legends in there, legend. Like, it, basically, you need to be retired five years. In boxing, no one's really retired until they retire. <laughs> so, look, Mayweather's retired, Brandon Rios retired, Pacquiao retired, uh, Marquez retired. We've seen all these people Wait retire. When did Pacquiao retire? Uh, after his, let me think. I was with him, and he told me I'm retired. Just oh, you're saying, okay, you're saying in general. I thought, you meant, I thought you meant the most recent retired. Right. Okay. No, 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 no. What I'm saying... Sometimes fighters say they're retired. Andre Ward just retired this year, but we don't know if he's done. Right. I'm all born ready, like Canelo says. <laughs> I, oh, yeah, sure. Like, like Canelo that doesn't want to sign the, the the code for the rematch? What is what's going on with your man? Man, am I being recorded right now? Yes, you are being recorded right now. Uh, maybe it's just part of negotiations. Maybe they want to wait a little bit. You know, give Triple G more time to wait. To marinate. age. Yeah. 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 That's I mean, what, we, all want, we all want that rematch in May, and I hope it happens in May. Will it happen in May? I don't think so. But we want it in May. I th Honestly, for me, you know what I think happened? I think what happened is Canelo went and he watched the fight. He realizes that he didn't win the fight. And then I also think that what happened is is Canelo is feeling that punishment physically. I think that he's, he really knows that he needs to heal. And, you know, I can't be mad at him for that. I just wish that he would just say, hey, it's going to be September, not May. I personally, I don't like draws in boxing. I want to see a winner or a loser. I, I, you know, someone has to win, someone has to I think they need to take that option out. 
you don't have a draw in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, and this is also, in my opinion, it's always been my estimation. That's why soccer's never become popular in the United States. That's part of it. And the other problem, we live in a society, especially on television, that's driven by sponsors by ad time. And boxing has a similar problem. In soccer, you have 45 minutes with no breaks. Where do you put in a commercial break? There's no timeout. And in point. boxing, you could buy, and companies do this. They've told me, well, I deal with corporate corporations on a regular basis, bringing in come sponsor, you know, ES News, my little website, right? And they tell me, this is the problem, Ellie. In the NBA, in the NHL, we're guaranteed three, four hours of coverage. In boxing, we could put in all this money, and the knockout happens in one round. We lose. Wow. And then the, they, okay, and then the broadcast, then what? It's true. Wow, that's a good point. Well, that's a that's a very good point, actually, and something that works with another idea that we have, but we'll reveal that later. Last thing okay. I want to cover is something yes. you said that was great, is that, you know, after two fights that you've lost nowadays in the league, they basically, they dismiss you, the managers, the coaches, the networks, the everyone. This past weekend, we saw Miguel Cotto, the great, retire. And Puerto Rico was on his back, and you know there was still a lot of love despite him losing that fight. To and, and I believe he soundly lost the fight. I was devastated that his bicep rolled up on him, and he was having a conversation like we are right now. His his pain tolerance has got to be through the roof. But speak about a little bit about uh, how you felt about Miguel Cotto over the years, and and what you think about him going into retirement. Which this is one boxing retirement that I actually believe is a real retirement. Uh, yeah, no, I believe so too. I'm going to start from the end to the beginning. I've watched thousands of fights, thousands, some live, some on YouTube, some on TV. You name it. I've been watching boxing for 10 years, endless hours. And I have to admit, I didn't notice the injury during the fight. I thought he broke his hand. And with me in the room were Gabe Rosado and Victor Ortiz. And we, we, we thought something was wrong with the hand, but none of us noticed the bicep curling up. So great job by Cotto for keeping a poker face. Because I'm sure he was in great pain. And Oh, my goodness. And, and I'm sure when that happens, you can't even straighten your arm. And I can only imagine. And he kept throwing the left. He didn't throw it with as much, you know, vigor, but he kept throwing the left. And one thing that I thought was crazy was it rolled up on him right when he actually finally got the kid in a position. Because that was right after he hurt him in like the sixth, the seventh. And that's when it rolled up on him. Now, I've heard this a lot in the last week, especially after the fight, that cherry picking gone bad. I don't know if this was cherry-picking, but they probably figured, well, to give him a comfortable opponent with a nice record to end a career, a guy that's not a big puncher, that only has 14 knockouts in Saddam Ali. Saddam Ali's an Olympian. He's a great boxer, but he's not known for his power. And and he's coming off of a loss to Jesse Vargas, who only has eight knockouts. So Miguel Cotto's going to blast him. And, but the guy who showed up, he came to win, and there was he put everything on the table. If he was going to go out, he was going to get knocked out. So props to him for shocking the world. Uh, Miguel Cotto did a lot in his career, fought everyone. He never ducked anybody. Um, you know, he lost to Mayweather, said he didn't lose. Lost to Canelo, said he didn't lose. Lost to Pacquiao. I mean, that's probably the only fight he had to admit that he lost. He's lost to Margarito. He said Margarito. <laughs> and I'm serious. He lost to Margarito, said that he got cheated. But when he had the rematch with Margarito, that's after Margarito had the real bad eye after the Pacquiao fight. So, yes, he messed up Margarito's eye as well. But he achieved so much. One thing I will say, we live in our era, in our society, we live social media. Everybody's so personable. Everybody has a personality and charisma. Miguel Cotto's a very quiet dude. He can sit in a room, you can sit with him for three hours and he might say one word, maybe, not even. He sticks to himself. He's very, very quiet. So props to him for becoming a rock star in a day and age where everybody else has to do somersaults to get any kind of attention, good or bad. Yeah. 
if I, if he started his career now and he had the same personality, it would be very hard for him to be very popular. But he did it. So he made crazy money before. He made crazy money with Rock Nation, and I'm sure he made great money in his last few fights with Golden Boy. Um, I, I think he achieved the most starting out from a small weight. I think he beat Edwin Valero in, in amateurs, and yeah, he was a great amateur. Um, but it, this has been the year of retirements. If I'm thinking who retired this year, but legit, you have Marquez is done, his knee's bad. Um, Andre Ward is done. Then Tim Bradley is done, as far as I know. Uh, then Cotto. Who else did we have? We had a few more. Klitschko. Klitschko, Mayweather, although Mayweather may or may not come back. When he says no, I'm thinking he probably is coming back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think he's coming back for one more. He needs a, he needs another highway robbery. And and honestly, nowadays, the way that I'm looking at it, uh, why not? If you're him and they're going to keep giving you three and four hundred million dollars to come back for 30 minutes of work that is not even real work because you know that you're handpicking the guy, why would you not do that? Now, who is it that he's supposed to be fighting? Man? I don't know, but he'll handpick somebody. He ain't going to fight anybody. But, you but know. Big O, check this out. You know, you love boxing. You've always been a boxing head. Right now, we're missing superstars with all these stars. Even Cotto was a superstar. Yeah, he didn't look the greatest in the last few fights, but whatever. He's still a legend. We have a huge gap, and it happens like in every sport. When, you know, Jordan retired, you know, we wait for the next Kobe, and it takes Kobe a few years to get there. So right now, with all these legends retiring, there's a huge gap between them and the next level. Yes, you have stars. You have Terrence Crawford, and you have Errol Spence. I agree. I agree. That legend status is a whole other thing. You have to earn that. Yeah, you have to earn that. And I want to see who emerges. Who's going to capture people's imagination? Will it be Deontay Wilder? Maybe, but he's 40 fights into his career. So he may retire in a couple of fights. We don't know. Is it Anthony Joshua? We don't know too much about him here in the United States. And then the next tier are really young kids. So it's, it's a shame that boxing didn't develop these guys into, didn't make them more and put them on Jimmy Kimmel, put them on, you know, the late night movies, commercials, make it more household names. We don't have that. They but, walk down the street and they're not going to get mobbed. But that's more of a stable issue, though, don't you think? Because what's going on is that all these guys are in separate stables and they never can build that status that they need to go through a war, you know, to build a fan base. That goes back to the first comment that I said. I wish, I wish all these guys were on the same card instead of having three separate cards. There's a card in Mexico, uh, up-and-coming fighters. There's a card in New York. There's a card in Vegas. Yeah, it's they great. should be in one place and everybody should be on one card. That would be amazing. That would be so big for the sport. And then when they do a pay-per-view, it's worth it. When Don King did pay-per-view, say what you're going to say about Don King, but his pay-per-views were stacked, and each fight on the card could hold its own pay-per-view. These, this day and age, you have and one And they introduce fight. you to the, next, to the next group. Yeah, that's how the UFC do it. Uh, props to the UFC. I'm not a big UFC fan because I don't like how they pay or don't pay their fighters, but they know how to promote. They know how to build. The, guy, the guys want to know, 0-1, and he walks into the ring like he's the biggest superstar they have with promo videos they get the crowd excited we don't have that in boxing boxing if a guy doesn't have 20 wins you never heard of him it's sad it shouldn't be that way but that's the reality unless his name is lomachenko (laughs) and don't forget the big name that retired just the other day was Bermain Stevern. <laughs> and he retired <laughs> with a celebratory get low limbo dance. I did not know that he retired, but to be honest with you, he's, he does have a crazy life story. His stories of how, what he went through on the streets of Miami could be a movie. Yo, his, his story is nuts. His story is nuts. Really? No, I was just joking. Yeah, I don't know no, if he no, retired course, or not. No, I didn't know he but, retired. I mean, no, no, no. I don't know. I'm saying he, he should have, <laughs> oh, after that outing, he should have retired. I don't know if he did or not. Yeah. But you know what's crazy? Look, 
he was inviting me to camp every day. I couldn't make it, whatever. But he was training. And people, when you lose to Wilder, you're like, oh, he didn't train. No, he trained, and he trained hard. You have to believe that Wilder's power is really like that. When Wilder fought Malik Scott, people were all saying Malik took a dive. I don't know if you guys remember that one in Puerto Rico. It's when Danny Garcia fought Mauricio Herrera, and everybody thought Herrera won. Mm. It was the same card. Malik Scott got hit, and everybody said, oh, he's a phantom punch. No, the guy really hit the fight. Wilder hit that hard. No, doesn't have to have style. He could be wild, but if he lands, that's it. Yeah, yeah but, you know, Stavert never even threw, threw a punch. I had one in the first shot, but, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but again, Wilder came in with a mission because Stavert was egging him on all week, saying, I will kill you, I'm going to destroy you. Yeah, he went over the top. Hey, well, you know that the champ, Bomb Squad, came on the Ozone and spoke, uh, told us he was about to put the tips on Bermain. <laughs> it was, uh, and he, it was prophetic, and, and T talked to him about using the jab and he came out popping that jab and it's a whole different animal when he does that and and, and, and i'll be honest with you guys until that fight the Vern fight has made wilder a household name i maybe agree not house, maybe not a household name because i have a lot of people from other sports basketball players you know rappers entertainers ellie who's that guy they may not know the name but who's that heavyweight that knocked out the guy they caught people's attention no doubt the get low and all the memes went a long long ways all the memes well ellie we want to thank you for coming on the ozone have a safe drive enjoy the fights and uh if you can real quick tell people where they can find you you can find me on the ozone (laughs) of course no of course actually okay let me share this with people if you guys don't know and you want to see some great entertainment check out the tennis channel you tell people to go check out what you're doing on the tennis channel. Oh, that they man, the ozone followers are already hip to that. We're trying to find you. We want to know about okay. about ES News, about the mammoth I, on YouTube. I want to shoot the behind the scenes of the ozone on the tennis channel. But me, I'm very easy to find anywhere <laughs> in the internet. Type in ES News. We just cracked almost two hundred and thirty thousand. Wait, two hundred sixty thousand subscribers. What am I talking about? And five hundred twenty-four million views. So we're pushing. We're nice. working. We're growing. But uh, thank you so much for having me. And uh, we'll. Talk to you guys soon. Hopefully I see you with some of these fights. Peace. As soon as I heal up. All right, Ellie, thanks for calling in. Anytime. You got it. Ellie came in hot. Came in hot. He had a lot to say. He's a, you know, he's a real boxing fan. He's not just a reporter. He's not only the client. He's the player president. I see that. And, you know, and, and I don't blame him. He has some really good ideas. Who else has some really good ideas? The NFL. But I don't only know if in good. the eyes of Roger Goodell. Right. I don't know if their, their ideas <laughs> and are the owners. Good. So, you know, we have this whole thing with the protest. This, this thing is, it's out of hand at this point. This, the protest, what can you do? And now that's only been exacerbated by the idea that society, part of society, is celebrating Colin Kaepernick, who was the originator of the protest. Especially Sports Illustrated gave him the uh, the the sportsman the Muhammad Ali award, mm-hmm. and Beyonce said something very poignant when she gave him the award. In it, she said that racism is so American that when we protest racism, it seems as though we're protesting America to some people. That to me is the most profound thing I've ever heard from Beyonce. Definitely, and uh, and I'm not saying that as a knock against Beyonce. Yeah. I'm saying that as a kudo to to that's a that's it's true. And there's been a lot of riffs about uh, about Colin Kaepernick receiving that award. One thing that I want to say is, you know, it takes time to perfect your game, no matter what game it is. And he's fighting for civil rights and for righteousness and for people to do the right thing nowadays. And it's going to take time. Yeah, people knock him for wearing the Fidel Castro shirt or for this misstep or that misstep. 
he's a work in progress. And what he's done is he's put his neck out there for a lot of people, and it, and it has cost him. He's a young man. He's a young man. And, and he so, makes mistakes, but this time he's right. When he's doing what he's doing, he's right. Yeah, I agree. And now you have the situation that the rift between the players, because the players that were supposed to be representing them, Anquan Bolden and those guys, were, literally came out as insensitively as to say, hey, will you guys take $100 million donated to African-American causes to stop the protest? And some of the guys on the Seahawks, the rest of the guys are like, you guys don't even speak for us anymore. So now the whole thing is, is has devolved into a whole cluster duck of it's perverted. It's just not, you know, again, it's away from the actual cause. And meanwhile, we got people accused of pedophilia taking Senate seats. And, you know, a guy that said he wanted to grab him by the sea is up there running the world. It's just such an interesting time to be alive, such an interesting place to be. Um, and, and I think with the world of the NFL, the game itself is the least of their worries. And now they got problems with the game. You know, Brian Shazier had to have this surgery, the spine surgery, it wasn't an emergency surgery, but what it was, was, is it showed that the damage that had been sustained was a lot more serious than originally thought. Right. Well, it looked like it was serious on the field, though. It sure did, because it was a standard tackle. And then he just it just looked like he jammed his neck. Yeah. And next thing you know, he couldn't move. And that's that stinger, because I do believe that that's what Cam Chancellor is suffering from, a stinger. They call it a stinger because I've seen players in the past get the same issue, and they're out of the game. I mean, literally, your neck, I mean, you have that, that electricity that's running there, and yeah, doesn't work right. I mean, your body is not made to take that kind of punishment. But... Like one of the Steeler players said, this is a part of what they sign up for, and they know that. Yep. So when you step out there, he said that he changed his family's legacy by playing football, and he 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 stands by that. You know, so you, it's hard to knock the sport when these guys are, nobody's forcing them to play football. Yeah, nobody's forcing them to play football. I agree. It's a dangerous sport. I wouldn't want my son to play. I did want him to play. And you're seeing that a lot now. You're and the NFL guys, players don't want their sons no, to play. No, that's what I'm saying. You're seeing that a lot. You're seeing guys who are literally saying, well, my kid's and my kids playing golf. My kid's playing baseball. Yeah. I'm not having my kid play football. Yeah. They said it's equal to a uh, car crash every time they run into each other. I mean, yeah. you guys got these guys running at top speed directly into each other. Well, which is exactly why when you see a play, a dirty play like what Gronk did, it really that was so uncalled for. It's uncalled for because he's a guy that's been hurt a bunch of times. Yeah, and now was that payback or something? And then you know he said it was payback for a bunch of missed calls. Yeah, but then you talk about a guy like Grunk. Then he also, you know, you can't have it both ways. And he and in this situation, he wanted it both ways. And then he appealed to the suspension. One game, you should have got more than one game. This is a defenseless guy laying on his back. You're almost three hundred pounds, and you jump on this guy's neck. I mean, full speed WWF forearm, and he definitely uh, should have got like more drunk. than one. Me too, and he definitely should have got more than one game in the in in the, the the world that the same suspension is handed out to Juju, and yeah. handed out to your man. Truthfully, the person who I think that didn't shouldn't get a suspension at all is the cat, the, the safety that lit up Antonio Brown with the helmet to helmet. Yeah, I don't. I felt like that was a football play. That was a football play. It was frustration, but I don't think that he was head hunting. He needed Antonio Brown to drop that ball. That's yeah. what he needed, and that's why you lay that hit on him. Exactly. And 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 I actually I think that he could have got away with a fine, and as opposed to a, a suspension, because you're literally talking about these guys get a game check as per the games that they play. Right. You go and you pick up a check for four hundred thousand dollars, five hundred thousand dollars, whatever your salary is. You go and you pick up a check for that. Or not. And then that actually directly affects their lives. And this is all out there for our entertainment for them to actually pick up, you know, to change their lives. And like you said, the legacy of their family's lives and the whole nine. It's just it's just I mean, to me, it's just unbelievable. 
unbelievable. I personally thought it did was you, less did, dirty football and more hard nosed football. Yeah, did you hear the? Did you listen to the Steelers um, player? What he said? They, it, what he said was outstanding. Yeah, let's play it. I saved that on purpose. Just gotta find where it is. It's right here. If you can, if you can put it up on your computer, it's in the um, beat sheet. Oh, you have it on the beat sheet? Yeah, it's right. It has the NFL become too corporate. Steeler player complains about the softness in the league. of his speech. Mike Mitchell absolutely killing it. And here's the rest of what it is he had we'll to get, say. We'll get post-play penalties, post-play infractions that don't have to do with football and you get the same suspension as a guy that is making a football play in a football game. It's absolutely absurd. But like I said, man, Steelers versus the world. Steelers versus the world. Mike Mitchell really making an intelligent argument about exactly what it is he and the rest of the guys signed up for. Right. And he's he's acknowledged that. This is what I signed up for. I know that I have a potential to be injured out here, but I'm willing to take that chance. And I like the way he called out Andy Dalton. And I like the way, and in essence, calling out all quarterbacks. And yeah. I also like the way he called out Roger Goodell. Yeah. So let's speak on that. So in the wake of that, it seems as though everybody's having a problem with Roger Goodell, except for the people who pay him, who decided that he needed $40 million per. Well, if I'm Roger Goodell, I'm going for the stars, too, because for the simple reasons that he has to be the scapegoat for everything that goes wrong. And he's just basically the face of the owners. He's playing the middle of the field. And and this is up to the NFL players with their CBA to make sure that they get this thing under control because they are the product and they have to understand that. They have to understand that. They have to understand that. Although what Donald Trump says, suspend these guys, get them off the field. Football players like the guys that we're watching out there, these elite athletes don't grow on trees. You will see a watered down product. And nobody wants to watch that. 
These guys are skilled professionals. It's, it's, it's not a fluke. And I tell you what, the NFL is facing some serious problems because between the protests, the problems with the actual game, the NFL, as we know it now, may not exist in a very short period of time. Well, you know, it's way, way too corporate now. It's, I mean, like this guy's talking about, he can't run full speed and then pull up and try not to hit a guy. And he's going to end up hurting himself because of a bad play that somebody else made. He's trying to take let up a little bit for an offensive player and he gets hurt. Come I agree. On. It's Come tough, on, man. I, I, I got to go home, too. I got to go home, too. And I need to go home with my 50 Gs. Yeah, and I need to go home not in the wheelchair. Not in the wheelchair. Let's see what a former football player has to say about this. Man, I hope he's still free. Who is it? Tipper. Yo. Yo, you got time? Yeah, let me walk out right now, man. All right, yeah, we had a technical problem, bro. Sorry about that. No, it's all good. How y'all feeling? Good, man. Just putting it together. Uh-huh. Ain't been on the mic in a minute. Right here, truck. Dang. <laughs> Dang. How do they see it in TV a little bit nicer? <laughs> uh, why does it got to be like that? I'm not Grumbelina. You know it's angry black over here. Just let us know when you get to the <laughs> when you get to the spot so we can. You run in the marathon? Seems like you can hear me, right? It does a little bit. Can you hear me? Yeah, hey, I can hear you, bum. <laughs> <laughs> Why you gotta be like that, Rastafari? All right. Do it for the tipper, also known as next victim. We're in a deep conversation about the state of the NFL. Normally, we we reach and lean on you for a college consultation, but we're in the state talking about the NFL and whether or not the game has become too soft. And it kind of leans into what it is that you cover with college sports. Tell me this. After those Monday night hits versus the Sunday hits, like with Gronk and everybody getting the same penalty, what's your take on people pulling up, playing the game dirty, football plays versus dirty plays, and everybody knowing what they sign up for from the time you sign up uh, after Pop Warner into the profession. Wow, that's that's deep. I think it's just more dirty hits. Grind thing was a dirty hit, but with everything else, and going for the knees is a dirty hit at this point in time because we've seen what it can do as far as uh, just tearing ACLs and MCLs and just ending careers. Um, concussions, that's going to happen in any sport. So you can't avoid that. There's nothing dirty about anything like that. What was weird was with the Gronk hit, with the player laying on the ground, and Gronk coming um, off the top rope and, and dropping the elbow on him, I don't see how that became a concussion. I was, I think more of some back problems, but not a concussion. 
Um, but you know, football is just dirty. It's in, they're going to find a way to consider it dirty, a dirty sport. But is it dirty after playing? No. There, there's dirty hits. There's dirty plays. But you know, it's, it's you're going to get it's, it's life risk. It's life risk in, in playing that sport. As you know, just in any sport, anything can happen to you. But when there's intent, like with Gronkad, you know, that's just that that was unnecessary. But when a receiver is going up, going down the middle. Man, you got to know either your leg's going to get taken out or your head is going to get taken out. So you just have to find a way to just to try to protect yourself. And these dudes is coming. You know, this is this is their money. So we don't know what's going on in the locker room, you know, when the player is going over the middle, like when New Orleans used to say when they had to tag out to try to hurt somebody. Right. That was so ridiculous. We don't know if that's going on. And I'm we sure, don't know. We don't know. I'm sure it's a silent conversation that, that happens. Come on, man. These are athletes. So you want to try to take out the best athlete to try to make your game easier because everyone wants that playoff check and everybody wants to be the best on the field. Speaking of the playoffs, talk to me about the college playoff picture. It's a lot of grumblings going on. People are really upset that Roll Tide got some special treatment in Ohio State get, got left out. We talked about Ohio State and Wisconsin. We talked about how people didn't want to see certain teams. What's your take about who's in the playoffs and who do you think wins it all? Man, as mentioned earlier in the college season, I said that uh, Clemson would be there. I said Oklahoma would be there. I said Alabama would be there. Um, I, I disagree with the way the college uh, playoffs is going down. I do not believe that Alabama should be there after losing late. Um, I think Wisconsin is the better team. Going, uh, I think they were undefeated, and Alabama lost the one game. Ohio State should not be there. They had their two-team loss. Although their schedule was a lot tougher, they're the Big Ten. They won the Big Ten championship. They just, you know, they got two losses. They, they would be the only team out of the four with two losses. So, um, I think Wisconsin should have been the team up in there, which they lost in the the Big Ten championship against uh, Ohio State. But I still have. I still, I'm, I still rock it with Clemson. Clemson gonna put hands on Alabama. Their defense is too strong. They got a young backup that's just like Deshaun Washington when he led um, them Clemson Tigers to the national championship. So I see uh, Clemson and Oklahoma playing for the national championship. Wow, you heard it live in the Ozone. The kid's been hot. You got to listen to him, folks. You might make a couple bucks or you might lose. And either way it goes, hit him on Twitter at Do It for the Tipper. And he'll let you know how he feels about the upcoming situation. Real quick, Rigandal Lomachenko, who you got? Ooh, I'm going with Rigo. You're going with the little man. No, I'm going with Rigo. 17 and 0. Uh, a lot smaller, but I think he has more fights up under him. I think he's ready for the big shot. I think he's uh, he, he has that, that Cuban heart. I think he's ready. I think he's going to do this one. All right. Well, we appreciate your take. Do it for the tipper. Glad to be back in the Ozone. I'm trying to heal up myself, and we will catch you sooner than later in the Ozone. All right. Peace. Love y'all. Holla. Yeah, you know, tis the season. Did you see that picture with Kevin Nash and his knee stapled up? No, I haven't seen it. Ooh-wee. WWE superstar Kevin Nash, who's a great guy and a good actor if you've seen the Magic Mike films. Uh, they do. He, the giant makes me look like a kid. I I know him uh, through Adam Rodriguez of CSI Miami fame because they did uh, Magic Mike together, and through him, I'm 
actually ran into Nash and Adam randomly on the streets of New Orleans in the French Quarter on my birthday. And I think me and Nash might share the birthday, as a matter of fact. Wow. And uh, yeah, and I just turned around. I saw this giant dude. I said, wow, who is that? And then I saw Adam right behind him. <laughs> it's crazy. And uh, man, he got his knee fixed. He said, "Is is he finally got his knee fixed after 33 years. And if you look at the pictures, just look it up. Just look, at, look up Kevin Nash stapled knee. Or just look up Kevin Nash. It'll pop up. I mean, several staples in his knee. I'm wishing the big fella a speedy recovery. It's a tough part, man. You got to give and take in this life. And uh, when you're big and you get a lot of advantages from being big, you got to pay for it some way. And it seems like knees is the way that they get a lot of us. Well, I want to move on to uh, our final segment segment. And it is news and notes in the world of Major League Baseball. Otani has made a decision, ladies and gentlemen. There's a frenzy. And it's been going down because this is the most sought-after foreign player in a long, long time. And he decided to sign with the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, which to me was better when they were named the California Angels or just the Angels. Because they're not in Los Angeles. They're not in Los Angeles. And, uh, yeah, wow. So Otani chooses Anaheim. I don't know why, but there is something that Arnie Moreno does when it comes to wooing Outfielders, man, he loves a good outfielder. <laughs> man, he can't believe it. Man, if only I had another outfielder. <laughs> hey, is Gary Matthews available? <laughs> yes, uh, he's at home. Awesome. How about Josh Hamilton? <laughs> we got him. Yeah, we're still paying him. So you know, I still don't know unless they use him as a pitcher. The Angels ran into problems because they had pitching problems. Those young guys came through. I'm a very big fan of Parker Bridwell. I liked how he pitched. He gave me some great. You were very sports. high on him because you know why he pitches to contact, and even against teams that hit well, he pitches against contact. You just saw that Stapled Center, didn't you? Yes. Yes, Nash. Looks like a California zipper. Ooh. <laughs> Oof. But uh, but I'm interested to see how they're going to try to use Otani. You know, all of these teams made pitches to him to try to show how he would fit in with their team and also to try to show, hey, we can let you play both sides of the ball. And I think that's where the Angels probably won him over. And then he's not – for some reason, he was fighting being in the in the big media market. So, for me, that's sort of a like uh, – A sign. Yeah, a sign. A I, I really don't like to hit, see that. Because, a Zach Greinke yeah, kind of sign. Yeah, I don't like to see that. I want to see a guy who wants to show his talents on the biggest stages. You want to go to New York. You want to go be in Los Angeles, not in Los Angeles of Anaheim. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I'm not, especially I'm not, when the Dodgers were just in the World Series. Right. I'm not fooling. Everybody with, wanted him. I'm not fooling with the Mariners or the Oakland A's. Yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> you know, come I don't on, even man. know why they were at the top of the list. Yeah. If, uh, you know what? I could have seen him going to Minnesota because I like the way that Minnesota is building over there yeah. and a bunch of young dudes and blah, they blah, look blah, really, blah, blah, really blah. serious. And they're only one. They're. they're I don't even know if they're one stick away. I'd say they're two pitchers away from actually getting there. They need a closer. They need a straight ace. I now, think they need. You and know, he's supposed to be that. Now, and, and I, I want to know how I mean. his stuff is going to play here. I think that he'll be effective for the first couple of years. But then once guys pick up his release point, then, you know, 100 is 100. Not to downplay it, but these guys, everybody's throwing 100 nowadays in the league. Well, and it's effective if it moves. It yes. just can't be straight. From what I've seen in the video, his stuff is legit. It looks crazy. Uh, yeah, his is. But Darvish, you guys are crazy, and you're nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Darvish was the same way, and we saw what happened to him in the World Series. I don't know about that, but Darvish has had years of dominance. He had a couple bad games, and I think it had to do with That's him. All we can remember. That, I don't. I can remember him winning the World Baseball Classic for Japan almost single handedly. But I think that. Uh, 
I don't know. I think I wonder if somebody posed to him the idea that he can play the outfield every day and then close games because he could come in and close and be a monster. I, I don't think he's interested in closing. No, I think he wants us to he wants us dominate. Gets his seven innings in at least. Right. Every but five the, days. But they only pitch every yeah, five days. Yeah, I was going to say, they don't, they don't pitch every five days in Asia, right? They pitch every, what, six days? Seven days. Seven I think. days. So I think yeah, you, you pitch the seven. You pitch once a week, yeah, basically. you pitch once a week. And yeah. That seems to be a problem when you come over here because. For a while, you got to get that yeah. arm strength together. And you, you see got a lot Sorry, you see a lot of guys getting Tommy John and messing up. Yeah, Dice K. Yeah. Fell off. Uh, was a, a Tanaka's arm is about to fall yeah, off. Hideo even Nomo. He did a good job. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hyunjin Ryu. Yeah. A lot of they guys. Shoulder issues. Yeah. Well, and you know, uh, the Yankees signed Aaron Boone. For what? I don't understand, is, but there's a lot of people that are really seem semi-excited about it. Um, I don't, I don't, I never understood getting rid of Joe Girardi. It I, seemed like first had, and foremost, yeah, he had those kids clicking and they seemed like they had bought in, although we heard otherwise, but it obviously, the results, yeah, the results say that they bought else. in. Yeah. You know, but Aaron Boone, I don't know where you would. And what I didn't really care about with what I didn't like about it was Carlos Beltran, because it seems like they threw him just, uh, you know, the, the bone to let, uh, you know, a Latin player for diversity yeah, sake. Yeah. For diversity sake. And I don't think I don't know if that's the case or not, but I don't know what qualifications Aaron Boone had over Carlos Beltran, Carlos Beltran yeah. or Eric Wedge or some of the other guys. Yeah, I really like Wedge. I, I do too, as a Wedge person a, and as a coach. Yeah, he's a he's a good coach. He's a good coach. He gets guys winning. That that and he had no. We see that he knows how to work with young kids. He's the one that helped develop CC. He's the one that helped develop those, all of those Cleveland yeah. Indians. Carlos Santana, all those guys. Jim Tomey? Yeah. Who <laughs> wasn't young, but he helped develop him. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I think that I don't know. I don't know about this move, to be honest. And I'm Yankees, not with it. The Yankees still have a lot of guys to pick up. Uh, they still have a lot of. Um, there's still a lot that remains to be seen. Like, they need to figure out if they're going to be able to re sign Sabathia uh, and if they want him. I don't know why you wouldn't want him after what he showed you this last year, that he can work with these young pitchers and that he can be effective in big games. But being able to jump to another note, though, because they're talking about trying to get Manny Machado since he's on the market, maybe they might give up some of those young kids. Which I don't know about that either unless it's – it depends on the young kid. But they're, they're, I think they could get rid of some of their old heads that they got if that, if, if that would get, work in the trade. <laughs> I don't think that would work in the trade for Machado. Machado's the, one of the youngest – Premier studs in the league, so you can't just throw him CC for him, you know. No, obviously, but I, but you, well, you can't just throw him CC because he's not signed. But <laughs> I, I think that um, Manny Machado talking about going to, to the Yankees, and I hear people on the internet saying that he's not worth it. Are you guys insane? You don't know baseball. This guy that. is one of the best players in the baseball, in top ten players in baseball. Yeah, he had a bad first half, and if you look at his second half numbers. He was right. I, he was he was Manny Machado again. They're also talking about how next season they're just going to throw all the money in the world after Bryce Harper, which is what's been expected this whole time. Well, if you can get Manny Machado this season and then put Bryce Harper in that lineup, are you kidding? Or you go get Giancarlo Stanton, the MVP, because he's narrowed his list down, and we may get an answer about him sooner than later. And unlike Otani, his list consists of playoff teams who were all contenders. He said, I'm willing to play with the Cubs, I'm willing to play with the Yankees, I'm willing to play with the Dodgers, and I'm willing to play with the Astros. And he had a great deal because he has, a, he has a no-trade clause, and he's got crazy money, and they're all winners. And he's tired, even though he loves Miami. He's I, what, what this is telling me is, is I'm tired of losing, and I want to take my talents somewhere else where I can hit 360 bombs and Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton. Are you nuts? You can't get through that. And you and you wedge in DD in the middle who's a great hitter. Yeah. This on. is a problem. 
Well, forget about that. And then your boy at first base. Greg Bird. Yeah. I mean, that's serious. And if you and they can protect Sanchez. And if you can sneak up and get a Manny Machado type player. I don't even think you, at that point. At that point, you're dealing with they, an all-star they, team. They, if you can well, sneak well, up and get Manny Machado. That's what the Yankees Machado. do. And, you yeah. know, and, and if they're willing to trade him, I would give up some of those young pitchers. Because literally what I can say, especially with the way that that stadium plays, we're going to outslug you. Yeah, half of we the don't season. care what happens. Yeah, we, half of the season, and at we least don't care who gets hurt. We don't care who gets hurt. We're going to outslug you. We you got enough. We're it. hitting three bombs a night, at least. At the very minimum, we're getting three bombs. It might all come from one dude. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Yeah, yeah, real talk. So I, I, it's heating up in the hot stove. We had some. Uh, I don't know why the Mariners signed D Gordon to play center field. Is that what they signed him for? Yes, they said he's going to play center field. Are you kidding? I thought no. they were going to move over the uh, the kid at second base. Gamble and all those guys. Uh, no, 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 move him over. No, not Ben Gamble. Uh, they're not going to move Robinson Cano's at second base. They're not going to move Cano. Wow. They're not going to move Cano. They just signed Cano for $220 million. Wow. Yeah. They got D Gordon to play center field. I don't know why. Especially they put all this emphasis on 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 center, on, on outfield, uh, you know, production and outfield de- defense because that's why they didn't have Nelson Cruz out there for a little while. But now... I mean, you got a guy who he's fast, but playing center field is an art, man. It's, you have to it, know how to go get him. <laughs> right. And it's you have not to just, learn. Not to say that he can't learn, but but that guy is a general on the field. That's and, crazy. I didn't know that. That's not. You're crazy. Yeah. Yeah. No, man. That's what that's what they got him for. That's what they got him for. Wanted to give a, a little notes uh, shout out to Johnny Bench just turned 70 years that's old. Wild. One of your favorites. Yeah, I love Johnny Bench. Johnny Venture in 70. John Isner in the world of tennis got married. Shout out to the big fella. It's always good to see John out on the tour. And, uh, yeah, baseball, baseball, baseball. Look at these numbers from Manny Machado. I mean, I'm so high on this trade. If you can, if anybody can get him, I mean, the Yankees need a third baseman. That's the bottom line. Or he can play shortstop, but he, he bat 259 with 33 bombs, 95 RBIs, and 50 walks. In a terrible season. In a terrible season. This is the worst season, season of terrible his career. Season. Yeah, worst season of his career. Uh, and I think a lot of it just had to do with the Orioles are not have shown they aren't serious about winning. And yes. the kid comes off like he's a winner. Comes off like he's a winner. Speaking of the hot stove, to me, one of the best stories is, uh, did you see this? It's St. Louis Cardinals star Anthony Reyes. Remember he pitched that big game in the World Series? Right. He's fighting the fires yeah, out here crazy. in L.A. Yeah. That's awesome. What a great guy, man. He should be up for the humanitarian of the year. He's, you know what he should be is an example to everybody about how important it is to be a dynamic person. He turned in, I think, 14 years in the show or something like that. I'm sure he doesn't have any money problems. He wants to be this because this is what his grandfather was, his father was, and it's in his bloodline. And he went and he decided to take the courses and to become a firefighter. Well, this is what's awesome. That's why I was talking about him being a humanitarian of the year because he's actually putting a lot on the line as far as putting a lot on the yeah, line. What that we he doesn't consider, have to put yeah, on. What we consider, what yeah. society considers yeah, what important. Cons- yes, he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to do that. And he's saying, "Hey, you know what? I'm going to give back," which is the most important thing to do, as we should all be doing. Yeah, it's in true. In some form or fashion. And and uh, along those same lines, have you seen this report that Zab Judah is becoming a nurse? No. Wow, yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, man. There's a, there's a lot of action post-sports going on, and I love to see it, you know, because people are now understanding that there's more to it than just this, just what you go do when you're in your 20s. Yeah, you and, know, and what you earn and everything it's, else. It's so much more to life than just what you earn and what you're, quote, worth. Unbelievable. Wow, that's unbelievable. I just hope that he's not punch drunk while he's out there, you know, being a nurse. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they would give him a license if he does, if he is. 
But thanks for rocking with us, ladies and gentlemen. We had a lot to say. We're going to get back at you sooner than later, we promise. We're going to talk about this, uh, these fights this weekend. We'll be back at the top of the week. Thank you for tuning into the Ozone. I am your host, Omar Miller. I'm going to leave you with a quote from the one and only Aristotle. It is the mark of an educated mind to be able to entertain a thought without accepting it. You don't have to agree with everybody about everything, ladies and gentlemen. Live your life and live your truth. God bless you and happy holidays. I'm your host, Omar Miller. I'm here with my brother, Terry. You can find him at Icons, E-Y-E-C-O-N-Z. This is the Ozone. I'm just living the dream. I'm in love with the lights. This is not just a game. This here is my life. The camera's on me, yeah, yeah. Put the camera's on me, yeah, yeah. Put the camera's on me, yeah, yeah. Put the camera's on me, yeah, yeah.